This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to The Bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network. Players being suspended, a perfect game and an imperfect game, and a whole lot more. It's a Friday edition of the Bullpen with Adam the Bull, brought to you by Bet Rivers. And let's jump right into it right now. You're in the Bullpen with Adam the Bull. Let's go. We're going to get to the perfect game by Domingo Herman in just a little bit. But first, gambling in, in sports. So as soon as gambling started to get legalized in states, you know, it's funny, for forever, professional sports were against gambling. They have a lot of power in government, right? The richer you are, the more say you have in things. It shouldn't be that way, but that's how it is. That's the reality of our country. And the, the professional sports, baseball, football, basketball, had a lot of say in keeping gambling illegal. Finally, that broke down, and gambling state by state has become legal. To me, a good thing. Whatever, that's one thing. Uh, it's not hypocritical to then suspend players for gambling. And I don't understand how fans don't see the difference here. Yesterday, the latest suspensions coming down, Isaiah Rogers and Rashad Berry of the Colts uh, were suspended indefinitely, along with free agent Demetrius Taylor through at least the 2023 season for betting on NFL games. In addition... Tennessee Titans offensive tackle Nicholas Petit Friere. I'm probably saying his name wrong. Uh, he is suspended four games for betting on other sports at the workplace. Now, we could debate that. There's two things that people have been getting suspended for here, right? One is betting on football, and those have been basically season-long suspensions. We saw it with Calvin Ridley last year. And one is for betting on other sports in your team's facility. Now, do I think that rule is stupid? Of course it's stupid. It doesn't make any sense. If you can let a player bet on basketball, what's the difference if he's at his house or at the facility? It makes no sense to me, but the rule is the rule. It's, again, when it comes to, we talked about, we've talked about this in the past with uh, steroids or marijuana testing. I may think the rules are stupid, but they're there. It's, a, it's an intelligence test. You have to know the rule. Okay, it's that simple. In terms of um, guys being suspended for betting on football, I've got no problem with that whatsoever. If you're a professional football player, you're not being told by the league you can't gamble. You're being told by the league you can't gamble on the NFL. That's it. You're not being restricted that much. It makes sense that you would not be able to bet on the sport you play. I don't think that's too hard. Like, what are these guys? I, I saw uh, Damian Woody, the former Jets and Patriots offensive lineman on ESPN, 
saying, like, what is the upside for these guys? What are they doing? I mean, I'm sure they're not betting crazy money. The guys who got suspended, they're, you know, um, they're not guys making a ton of money. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what's in their bank account, but is it worth it? Why would you bet on football? Like, how stupid is that? You have to know that's the rule. There's just no excuse. So, no, it's not hypocritical for the league to make money because you know who else is making money off of the gambling money? The players. See, in football, we have a thing called the salary cap. And that salary cap, the more money the NFL brings in, the more money that or the the salary cap goes up based on how much money the league is making. So this gambling money that is coming into the NFL, raising the profits of the owners is also raising the amount of, uh, of the cap, which eventually go, which not eventually, but does go into the pockets of the players. Maybe not every player, uh, because if you're a minimum salary guy, you're a minimum salary guy, but it's going into a lot of players pockets. And so it's not hypocritical. There's no excuse. You can't bet on the NFL if you're an NFL player. Now, if they told those players they couldn't bet at all, we we might have a different conversation. But they don't. In fact, it's not just players. Um, Anybody that works for a team cannot bet on the NFL. One of my colleagues on on my TV show, The Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, uh, Tyvis Powell, who's a former uh, NFL player, played for the Niners and the and the uh, Seahawks, and was on the national championship Buckeye team last decade. Uh, he does some pre and post game on the official Browns radio network. He's not allowed to bet on the NFL either. So it's not just the players being singled out here. And again, it's really not that big a deal. Basically, the only thing they can't do is bet on the NFL or bet on sports, period, in in the facility. Again, I think that part's stupid, but it is what it is. You know the rules. When they suspended players for for, um, marijuana in the past, I thought it was stupid. We're seeing marijuana become legal state by state. You know, it'll... It, eventually it's going to be legal in all the you know good states some of the dopey states will keep it illegal because they're dopey but it was a stupid rule but it was the rule you know the rules going in if you don't that's on you you may think it's stupid i may think it's stupid but it is what it is now it's changed maybe they'll eventually change the part of this where you can't gamble in the facility in the facility but i don't know you know if they don't they don't you know it's really just like i say well it's stupid that they can make a bet at home on their phone but can't at the facility. In the same vein, it's stupid that you wouldn't wait to just get home knowing that's the rule. Not even home, anywhere, just not at the facility. So the one thing we can't have is people questioning the legitimacy of our sports, right? If we think games are fixed because players are taking, making bets and doing this stuff, then it, it ruins the credibility of the game. We saw that in the, the scandal in the NBA with the Tim Donaghy situation. That was ugly. Um, That guy's a real piece of crap. And he got away with that behavior for a while, and it it makes you believe, if we don't believe our sports are real, then it becomes professional wrestling. Then it becomes a soap opera. And you, you can't be passionate the same way 
if you think it's fake, I don't think. And I don't, I don't believe it's fake. I'm not saying no players have ever cheated. It's unrealistic to believe that. But, but, but I don't believe games are fixed. And, and maybe I just want to convince myself of that. I have no idea. But I, I don't think any of that is happening on any kind of regular basis. Obviously, it's happened over the years. But that's, that, that's, part, that's a big part of why the players can't bet on the NFL. Just go bet basketball, baseball, boxing. Stay away from the NFL betting. The rest of us, we can bet on the NFL. We love betting on the NFL. I can't wait for the start of the NFL season. I'm going to, I just went to um, uh, Bet Rivers week one games. I haven't, let's see, have any of these, I can't remember what the spreads were initially to see if they've changed. But uh, it's, it's good to see football point spreads again. Um, anyway, and in terms of the uh, the futures in the NFL, Chiefs, as of this moment, are the uh, favorites to win the Super Bowl this year and repeat at plus 600. Yeah, I don't think it's changed much. Eagles plus 700. Bills plus 900. Bengals and Niners plus 1,000. It's, it's, let's see. Cowboys plus 1,500. The Jets are the seventh choice of plus 2,000. Uh, I don't see it. I don't see it. Some some early long shots to win the Super Bowl. I'll tell you this. I, you're going to think I'm a little biased because I work in Cleveland. But the Browns as the – they're tied for the 13th odds. So they're, they're middle of the pack. The Saints, the Browns, and the Seahawks – are plus 3,300, which is the 13th, you know, the tied for 13th best odds on the board. I'll say this about the Browns. If, if this is a, may, you may think it's a big if, I think it's an if. You may think it's a massive if. But if Deshaun Watson, who stunk last year and was, uh, didn't play in 2021, if he plays like the guy, that played in Houston for those three years, which was one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and he's still young, so there's no reason to believe he won't. Uh, if he's that guy again, the Browns can win the Super Bowl. Um, whereas the other teams at that, like the Saints, they're not winning the Super Bowl. Seahawks winning a Super Bowl with Geno Smith. The teams right after them, the Vikings, the Broncos, the Giants, those teams are not, those teams got no shot to win the Super Bowl. The Browns have a chance. Now, it could go up in flames because if Deshaun Watson's the guy we saw last year, they'll win seven games and not even make the playoffs. But the Browns of any team plus 3,300 and more, to me, the Browns by far have the most upside. You want to argue the Bears if, if Justin Fields takes the next step or the Steelers. If Kenny Pickett takes the next step or the Packers with Jordan Love, I, those guys are young quarterbacks who have never done anything of significance. Um, so I don't see it. I, of the teams, 3,300, you know, all the teams under 3,000 have at least a, a brief, you know, a, a puncher's chance to win the Super Bowl. But I think the Browns are the teams plus 3,300 and, and worse uh, have the best shot. The biggest long shots, the Texans and the Cardinals are plus twenty. Thousand, uh, no chance either of those teams is going to win the Super Bowl. But I, I guess you know, 
putting two bucks on that. It's not the most insane thing. It's two bucks, right? Let's go to baseball. Where on Wednesday, Domingo Herman of the New York Yankees, who had been pitching terribly of late, pitched a perfect game against the Oakland Athletics. And uh, I suggested that it not count as a perfect game since they were playing a triple-A team, but I guess it has to count. Uh, great job by Herman. Only the 24th perfect game in the history of Major League Baseball and the first one since 2012. I think it was Matt Kane. Was it Matt Kane that did it in 2012 with the Giants? I don't remember now. I think it was. Say it here in this article. Uh, and I got, now I got to look it up. I'm going to be annoyed at myself all day if I can't. For sure. Perfect games. MLB history. Uh, the last one, 2012. Was it Matt Cain? Was I right? Or was I wrong? Uh, no, I was wrong. It was Matt Cain. Was, uh, Matt Cain did pitch perfect game in 2012. But there were actually three perfect games that year, which is crazy. The last one was Felix Hernandez in August of 2012. I forgot about that one. And then Matt Cain did pitch one two months earlier in June of 2012. Uh, and Philip Humber, of all people. Man, that guy was terrible. Pitched a perfect. I can't believe Philip Humber pitched a perfect. Like, all the other guys that pitched a perfect game were at least in recent years, right? Like, well, Domingo Armand's not very good. Felix Hernandez, great pitcher. Matt Gain was really good for a while. Roy Halladay, obviously, great pitcher. Dallas Braden was really good for a while. Mark Burley, really good. Randy Johnson, David Cohn, David Wells. Kenny Rogers, who eventually did pitch for the Yankees also. Wells and Cohn obviously pitched those perfect games for the Yankees. Kenny Rogers did pitch for the Yankees, not well. Dennis Martinez, Tom Browning, Mike Witt, Len Barker here in Cleveland. I've Played in charity softball game with Len Barker. The perfect game by Len Barker of the Indians in May 15th of 81 as the last no-hitter. I mean, it's a perfect game, but it's also a no-hitter. And uh, it's the last no-hitter by the, the Indians. Catfish Hunter in 68. And there were no perfect games from 68 to 81 and none from 2012 to 2023. Sandy Koufax, one of the all-time greats. Jim Bunning, Don Larson in the, in the World Series. Charlie Robertson, Addie Joss, and Cy Young. There you go. Wow, there were no perfect games from 22 to 56, although who knows? So the stats probably shady from those days. But con congratulations to Domingo Armand. I, you know, I'm joking about it shouldn't count because it was against the A's. He, he deserves a lot of credit. The guy is, uh, you know, listen, he appears to be a pretty bad guy off the field, uh, but I'm only judging him on the field right now. To pitch a perfect game, no matter who it's against, uh, is, is pretty impressive, and and he was, as I said, not pitching particularly well before this. The start before, he went three and a third against Oakland, gave up ten base runners, four home runs, ten runs, eight earned. The start before that, he went two innings against Boston and gave up seven runs. So he'd given up 17 runs, 15 earned, and five and a third. Had to be, you know, if the Yankees didn't have so many injuries, I mean, he had to be close to losing his spot in the rotation. Now, before that, he'd been pitching okay, you know, but he's not a reliable starter. But at least for one night, 
Uh, and that happens. I mentioned Philip Humber. I'm sure most of you don't even know who the hell Philip Humber is. But uh, for one night, he was great. There should have been another perfect game. Armando Galarraga, another guy who was, uh, you know, a nothing pitcher. He pitched a perfect game. But on the 27th out, the first base umpire, I think it was Jim Joyce, right? It, had to be, it was Jim Joyce. Blew the call to first base. It was This was before, for those who don't know, it was before instant replay. I don't remember the exact year, but it should have been a perfect game. And it was all-time bad call. Jim Joyce even admitted it after. It wasn't. There's no controversy. It was 100% the wrong call. Called the, bat, the, the 27th batter safe at first. I don't know what happened. I don't know. His brain melted, but he cost Armando Galarraga a perfect game. I remember being on the air. I was doing sports talk as a as a, as a fill-in host in New York City, and um, <clears throat> I remember going on the air saying they should retroactively go back and give him the perfect game. And people were arguing with me, and, you know, I get it. There was no replay. It wasn't allowed in those days, but what a shame. You know, nobody – that's the only the only thing people will ever remember Armando Galarraga for is that non-perfect game. The guy pitched six years in the big leagues. I'm guessing he had an ERA around five. Let's see. He had a 478 ERA. But that one day he sh- he should have been perfect, and the ump- and Jim Joyce cost him a perfect game. It wasn't even like, I mean, that was it. That was the 27th out. It wasn't like it was at the top of the ninth and maybe things would have gone differently or the first batter of the ninth or, or earlier. It was the last batter of the game. The batter was clearly out at first. Jim Joyce, for some reason, called him safe. And uh, now that's the only thing Armando Galarraga is going to be known for because he wasn't a very good player. Uh, he had one, his rookie year, he was all right. They actually finished fourth in the rookie of the year in 2008, but then he was terrible after that. But that one day, he wasn't. Just like Philip Humber, just like Domingo Herman. A um, couple other things for baseball here. Heading into the weekend. Um, let's take a look at some series I got my eye on over the weekend. The Padres and the Reds. Obviously, the Reds have been a much better team. Uh, the Padres continue to be one of the biggest disappointments. Seven, All the money they've spent, seven games under 500, right there with the Mets and obviously the Cardinals. A Twins-Orioles is an interesting series in Baltimore. Orioles are playing great. Second best team, sec- third best record in the American League. Uh, the Twins have fallen out of first. Oh, uh, not fallen out. They're tied for first uh, with the Guardians. Um which, again, we're now at the halfway point. Well, for the Twins, at least. The Twins have played 82 games. The Guardians have played 80. Uh, and they're tied for first, two games under 500. <laughs> the White Sox are nine games under 500, and they're only four and a half out. Oh, that's just crazy. Uh, the Guardians lost to the Royals yesterday to... Move back into a tie, two games under 500 there. The Twins are playing the um, the Orioles. Uh, I said they have the, set, the third best record. They actually have a second best record. They're moved ahead of Texas now. They're 48 and 31, Texas 49 and 32. And the uh, Guardians are, are playing the Cubs this weekend. 
other interesting series, always uh, interesting when and AL East teams play Red Sox and Blue Jays this weekend. James Paxton and Jose Barrios. Two guys who've done a good job. Barrios has really bounced back nicely this year. He's pitched pretty well. Uh, the Mets, who are now nine games under 500, play the Giants, who are surprising nine games over 500 in New York. Marlins and Braves. You wouldn't have guessed that's a great series, but it is. The Marlins have been fantastic. Marlins only six games back of the Braves. I mean, who the hell would have guessed that? Great battle of Texas. Astros and Rangers this weekend. John Gray pitching for the Rangers tonight. Uh, Yankees-Cardinals sounds like a good series, but obviously, you know, the Yankees have been playing okay lately after they'd struggled for a while without Judge, but they're still not, you know, that. I mean, I can't kill them that much. They're nine games over 500. We can't go too crazy. Uh, but the Cardinals are awful. Diamondbacks Angels, couple of surprise over 500 teams. Diamondbacks significantly over. There's a good series there. And uh, Shane McClanahan is getting back on the mound after he left his last start with an injury. The AL Cy Young favorite is in Seattle pitching tonight. I want to see the uh, – what is the win line on that game? Tampa's probably a big – minus 141, yeah. I like Tampa tonight. Even – I know McClanahan left the last game. I think otherwise they would have been a bigger favorite. It's probably factored in there. Um, and I, I so I like a couple of games I like. I like the Rays minus 141. I like the Giants over the Mets in New York at minus 121. Um, and I like the uh, I like the Orioles at minus 110 at home. I might even go with the, get a plus 130 for the Giants on the run line. Because I just think the the Mets are a disaster, and the owner came out and said, "Well, we're not firing anybody." Uh, well, we'll see. You'll see if he changes his mind. By the way, all of a sudden, I'm seeing things where Stephen Cohen, who's one of the richest people on the planet, is saying they're losing 200 million a year, and it's not sustainable. Please, does any does anybody really believe that? Where's the proof? These owners, they talk all the time. They're losing money. They're losing. They're not losing money. I don't believe that for a minute. For a minute, where's the proof? Show me the proof that they're losing money. That's the only way I'll believe that. Well, I'm going to take I'm going to take his word for it that he's losing money. Give me a break. That's it for me for today. Everybody have a great weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday. Uh, and uh, thank you all for listening. Thanks to Monzo for producing. You've been listening to the Bullpen with Adam the Bull, part of the Bet Rivers Network. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network.